welcome to the Couples Coffee and Conversation Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Robin May, and presented by IBelieveInMarriage.com. This podcast is the place to gain tips and strategies to help you experience the love you've always wanted. Listen, marriage does not have to be lame, boring, or whack. We can laugh, love, and have a good time. So here is our promise. We will keep it real, stay relevant, but our goal is to never, ever compromise Christ. Visit IBelieveInMarriage.com slash podcast for more information. We are super excited to open up opportunities for your business to sponsor our podcast. Simply email us at contact at IBelieveInMarriage.com. I can't wait to dive into today's content, but first, go ahead, tell your family and friends to join us. Let's grow together. Welcome to episode 18 of the Couples Coffee and Conversation podcast. I'm your host, Robin May. I am really looking forward to this episode and I would really like to get your feedback. Make sure you shoot me an email at contact at IBelieveInMarriage.com and let me know what your biggest takeaway was from this session. All right. I am really committed to partnering with you on your journey for the long haul. We are in this together, boo. Okay. Remember to stay connected to this podcast. You can subscribe by visiting IBelieveInMarriage.com slash podcast. The I Believe in Marriage Network is all about empowering couples to truly experience the customized marriage that God intended for them. Our goal with our podcast is to have transparent and intimate conversations with individuals and couples to help us all on our journey. Remember, if you want daily inspiration for your marriage, make sure you're following our Instagram page. I believe underscore in marriage. All right, y'all. Also, I'm so excited because my calendar is open for me to come and join you at your event. If you're looking for me to speak, you can go to I believe in marriage dot com slash founder and fill out the request form. Our topic today, y'all, is the often overlooked ingredients to forever after. The often overlooked ingredients to forever after. Plus, I'm giving you a couple of tips on how to quiet the noise of too much marriage advice. Now, our freebie for this episode is one of my most popular items, y'all. It's the Family Strategic Planning Guide. It is a must-have resource, and shortly you'll understand why it is so important for this episode. So go to IBelieveInMarriage.com slash episode 18 to get your hands on that document. All right? All right, guys, sometimes when I am working on a podcast or actually any project that I'm working on for women or for couples, I imagine that I am sitting right there with you having a conversation because while I may not be able to see you, I promise you, I can feel you. My heart beats for women who long to walk in their purpose and it beats for couples who really want to experience the marriage God intended for them. And when it comes to marriage in particular, I can really imagine that if you're married or even if you're dating or engaged, you probably feel overwhelmed or bombarded with everyone telling you what you need to do to make your relationship work. Y'all, I get it. Everyone has something to say on this topic. And honestly, a lot of the people have the best intention and there's really some good wisdom and there's some good advice out there. 
but everyone has something to say on the topic of love and marriage. Those of us who are trained to talk on it, we got something to say. Those of us who are living it, we got something to say. And even those who are neither trained or living it, they have something to say. There is an abundance of how to or do this or don't do that. And after a while, it can get a bit noisy and yes, a bit overwhelming. So let me give you some advice. (laughs) How ironic is that? I'm going to give you some advice on how to deal with the overabundance of advice, but that's exactly what I'm going to do. Let me tell you what I do in these situations, because here's the reality. I'm talking about there being an overwhelming amount of information about love and marriage. But really, in every area, it's the same thing when it comes to um, business. There is an overabundance of advice out there. Maybe when it comes to being a parent, there's an overabundance of advice out there. There's just so many people having something to say. So let me tell you what I do, especially like on the area of business. There's everybody telling you what it takes to make your business grow and how to um, really build a strong business. And so I make a decision that I'm going to focus on one aspect of something at a time. So in my business, I decide the two or three things I'm going to do. And then like the comedian once said, I can't remember what comedian it was. Maybe it was, um, ah, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Eddie Murphy. But anyway, one comedian said, you better ride it till the wheels fall off. So I decide two or three things I'm going to do. And then I ride it till the wheels come off. I decide if that worked. And if it worked, I keep doing it. Or if not, then I decide to move on to the next thing. So let me give you an example. For I believe in marriage per quarter, I decide what I'm going to do. Maybe it's going to be focusing on my podcast, building up my social media, and maybe creating one program for couples. So I do that during one quarter. All right. So if that's what I'm going to do, that's what I focus on. Instead of trying to add everything that everybody suggests, I focus on those three things. And then I try to do those three things to the best of my ability. So that's one thing I do. Then I decide if I'm going to tune in to an expert, I try to choose one or two experts. And I'm talking about when I say tune in, if I'm going to follow an expert's, um, advice on a particular area. I try to tune into one or two experts on that area for a specific season. And I do that for a period of time to make sure I follow the process all the way through. So if I'm going to listen to an expert on building a strong podcast, I try to listen to one or two and just really dive in there um, and figure it all out, do what I'm supposed to do. And at the end of that, I decide if I have graduated from that or if I need to still stay put and learn some more. All right. So why am I saying all of this? Especially since as the founder of the I Believe in Marriage Network, as a therapist, as a coach and as a speaker, y'all, I'm one of those people out there sharing what I pray is biblical wisdom on the topic of marriage. So yeah, I'm one of the people giving all this wisdom or I hope it's wisdom (laughs) and all this advice. But I really care about you. And so I'm telling you why I'm saying this. I'm saying that because if you're not careful, you're going to find yourself overwhelmed with so many different people telling what you need to do in your marriage. And you could get stuck and end up doing nothing. There is this um, principle called the paralysis of analysis. And one of the examples that um, this principle shares is 
back in the day when you would go to the grocery store, there'd be one or two options for cereal. Now, if you go to the cereal line, there are so many options. You could sit there and stare and be overwhelmed and do nothing. There's just too much to choose from that it causes you to shut down. And so researchers have found that an abundance of options is really not good. You really need to boil your things down to one or two things because if it's more than that, we do nothing. The paralysis of analysis, it causes us to be paralyzed. So I would encourage you and you and your spouse to quiet the noise, decide what path you're going to take to improve your marriage and stay on that path. Now, let's be very clear. Every couple needs a path, but you may not need 10 paths at the same time. So if marriage expert A is saying, okay, in order to improve your marriage, you need to do some jumping jacks. And you're like, okay, let me do my jumping jacks. And then expert B comes and says, no, 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 you got to do push-ups. So you drop down, you start doing push-ups. And then marriage expert C says, no, 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 you need to do sit-ups. Now you turn around and you start doing sit-ups. Then marriage expert D is saying, forget all of that. You just need to be still. Now you just stop what you're doing. So you find yourself trying to do all four things and you end up getting frustrated. Listen, there may be nothing wrong with jumping jacks and nothing wrong with push-ups and nothing wrong with sit-ups and nothing wrong with being still. But when you're getting all of that, you don't know what to do. So my wisdom to you is to pick a lane and focus on that for a while. So while I would love to be the lane you pick, I don't have to be. Again, this is not about me. My former pastor used to say, you need to go to the church where your mail is being delivered. In other words, you know what really resonates with you. You know what resonates with your values. You know what resonates with your core beliefs. I can compare it to my sister and I. My sister is truly one of my BFFs. And as much as we have in common, we are so vastly different. And so, for example, when it comes to church world, when it comes to preaching styles, my sister wants someone who is hardcore, y'all. She wants somebody who is no nonsense, who's going to yell a little bit, who's going to say, girl, you need to cut it out. Y'all know I want to sing the song. You need to cut it, but I won't because I don't want y'all talking about me. Anyway, she needs somebody who is in her face. And while for me, I I can take that every so often, but I really want somebody to talk with me. I want you to, you know, be a little calm. You don't have to fuss at me. So we both know what resonates with us. So we got to find the person who we are really able to hear from. That's what I want for you and your spouse. I don't want you to get so overwhelmed with so many voices, so many opinions, so many you need to do this or you need to do that directions. I don't want you to get so overwhelmed that you shut down and you decide not to do anything. Hear me. You need marriage enrichment. So this is my wisdom for how to handle that. Number one, focus on one or two areas of your marriage at a time. Maybe the first three months of the year, you work on your communication and you really build on that. Then the next three months, you create a conflict, um, a conflict resolution strategy and you work on that for the next three months and so on. Or maybe you choose a book that you're going to read month one and then month two, you choose something else you're going to do. Oh, y'all, that gives me an idea. I'm going to create for all of you a 12 month enrichment plan and help you build the plan as you as you see fit. I think I'm going to do that for y'all. So that's what I would um, advise you to do. And then number two, when it comes to deciding whose whose plan or program in marriage you're going to follow, make sure you and your spouse make a decision and then you stick with it. Get all that you can out of it. Do all of the work and then you can move on to the next. So, for example, 
I have the couples um, connection and it's a it's a, a program that's filled with um, sessions for you and your spouse to go through. So one of the things I recommend and I've been partnering with therapists is that um, a couple, particularly if a couple is in major crisis, I encourage them go through the couple's connection, go through that program, but make sure you're doing it alongside a therapist um, so that that therapist can help you sort through what you're hearing. And that way you're not going through the couple's connection and then you're not going through um Another marriage program and then another marriage program and then you and your spouse are overwhelmed and you get stuck. All right. So, y'all really hope that helps. There is nothing wrong with Instagram inspiration. There's nothing wrong with some Pinterest um, encouragement. There is nothing wrong with, you know, just social media support, reading things um, that kind of lift your mood and help you feel better when it comes to marriage. But when you are ready to really dive in, I don't want you to allow yourself to become so bombarded that it causes you to stay stuck. Now, on to some marriage advice. (laughs) If you are still listening, I am hoping that this is one of the paths that you are going to choose. And I am honored to support you on your journey. All right. All right. By now, you know that I am passionate about healthy relationships. And I believe all of us desire to love and be loved But I think the key is to be intentional when you are investing in your relationships. But if I could be honest with y'all, my work as a relationship coach, as a therapist, as a speaker on this topic, is often um, a real blessing, you know, but it's a blessing, but it can also be a burden. And I'm going to tell you why. It's a blessing because I love what I do, y'all. And I absolutely cannot shake it because I have tried. I cannot shake the call of God on my life. It's a blessing. But at times, especially when my husband and I are working on each other's last nerves, it can be really difficult because I normally have to live what I teach first. And believe me, I understand firsthand that having a healthy relationship is not always easy to live, but it is absolutely doable. Recently, my husband and I were out to dinner with some couples and they asked the question that I am often asked, Robin, what is the most important ingredient in a healthy relationship? Now, all of us have our own perspective on this. So think about it. If someone were to ask you, what is the most important part of a healthy relationship? How would you respond? Would you say, you know what? A healthy relationship requires um, uh, communication. Would you say a healthy relationship requires trust, honesty? Would you say, no, you need to have great money management? Maybe you would say faithfulness. And listen, those are often the common responses that come when that question is asked. And I actually agree that those things are really, really important. But I often wonder if it's really more to it than that. So, for example, I hear relationship experts say that finances are the number one cause of a relationship ending. And I get it because I see often I have seen couples who blame their breakup on not having enough money or I've seen couples blame their breakup on having way too much money and not knowing how to handle it. But I don't think that the money, the dollar bills are actually the issue. I think it may be how we deal with the money. That's the issue. And I think that's why it's important to look at some um, ingredients to a healthy relationship that we may have overlooked. So when it comes to ingredients to a healthy relationship, I think it's important that every couple take time to answer that question for their particular relationship. One of the things I'm creating for you guys I'm working on is a um, a process to teach you how to build a value based marriage. So the two of you need to get clear on um, Stacy, what's important to you? Um, um, John, what is important to you? And the two of you got to figure out how to make 
what's important to each of you come together to be the foundation of your relationship. So I believe that you have to answer that question, but I also believe that there are some overarching principles that couples should consider when determining what's important to a healthy relationship. So again, our topic is the often overlooked ingredients to forever after. Now I've gathered these um, tips over the last several years of working with couples and I could go on and on. I'm only giving you six today, but y'all, I could give you about 12. I could give you so many But again, I don't want you to be overwhelmed. And so here are a few that really stood out to me um, or have stood out to me over time. Now, let me say this. You know that this podcast is um, a part of the I Believe in Marriage Network and the I Believe in Marriage Network is based on biblical principles. And I'm saying that because I work with plenty of couples, particularly in counseling. um, And not all of the couples that I work with are Christian and not all of the couples that I work with um, build their marriage on biblical principles. And so when I'm working with couples um, in counseling, um, I have to be very careful not to place my values onto my clients. And even what's interesting, even when a couple does identify as a Christian, how I view um, Christianity may be different from how they view Christianity. So it's very important that we get clear on what that looks like. But as far as this podcast goes, this is not counseling and it is based on biblical uh, principles. And so as I give these ingredients, it's under the assumption that we all are on a one accord, that God is at the core of this conversation. When I say that God is at the core, I'm not talking about that you and your spouse just make sure you go to church on Sunday because you can go to church on Sunday and God not be at the core of your of your marriage. Can I tell you that again? Let me pause there for a minute. You can go to church every single Sunday, but God, that does not mean that does not automatically mean that God is at the core of your relationship. So I want you to know when I say God being at the core of your relationship, I mean, both of you are really surrendering to God. You're really following his guidance and he really is at the core because when he's at the core, it makes you show up different in your marriage. You won't say certain things. You won't do certain things. And even if you do, you quickly change your tune, change your direction because you want to honor God. So we're going to just make the assumption that that's understood. And so I'm not going to list that in these six ingredients. You got it? All right, so let's get started. Here are are six often overlooked ingredients to a healthy relationship. All right, number one, each person should make sure they work on being a whole person. So if you have followed my blogs or heard me speak on relationships over the last few years, you have heard me on this soapbox before. I could hold fast to this principle forever because I truly believe it's critical. We have to do the work to be mentally and emotionally healthy if we're going to have a healthy relationship. I want you to think about it in terms of physical health. I always get so frustrated when my husband catches a cold. And let me tell you, don't let me catch a cold because he is done with me. Because no matter how hard it is to try to steer clear of one another's germs, we always end up with the symptoms because we are living in such close proximity to one another. If he's sick, I'm sick. If if I'm sick, he gets sick. It's the same thing when it comes to our emotional health. If I'm not emotionally healthy, it directly impacts my relationship. So I'm going to be transparent because transparency is what I do. I don't know if y'all are familiar with William Murphy. He's a pastor and a gospel singer and a friend of ours. And he has a song that says praise is what I do. Well, I'm going to I'm going to ask him to create a song for me that says transparency is what I do, because I tell y'all all the time. I tell my crazy so you don't have to. 
But honestly, transparency is what really helps me to stay humble because the reality is, like I tell clients that I work with, I have these strategies that I know can help you. But listen, if I don't work the strategies, it will impact my marriage as well. So we all got to work the strategy. So listen, let me share this with you. My husband and I um, have kind of dealt with this in in the past, the idea of being emotionally healthy, like in the past, like a long, long time ago, like way back in the day, you know, like last week. (laughs) But seriously, I want you to imagine, just imagine, you know, it's really hard to, to, to believe this, but just imagine there's a time where I might have a lot going on with me emotionally. Well, if I have a lot going on emotionally, that can cause me to be very irritable. It can cause me to have low tolerance towards people. It can even impact my happiness. And guess what? All of that would eventually impact my relationship. That would be the same thing for you. It could cause you and your spouse to argue more than you normally do. If you're in a bad place emotionally, it can cause you to become snappy on things that normally wouldn't have bothered you. And you could normally you could find yourself saying things you normally wouldn't say. Hear me, your emotional health can impact the health of your marriage. I want you to think about it. If you are in a bad place more often than not, if emotionally you are unhealthy more often than not, how long would it take before you wouldn't be able to rebound from the emotional damage caused by your bad attitude? (laughs) Now, I want to be clear because all of us have life challenges and we've had areas in our lives where we were broken, bruised and battered. That sounded a little dramatic, didn't it? But that's a song too, broken, bruised and battered. But anyway, we all have those broken places inside of us. And and I believe God often uses the people that we are connected to to help us heal our hurt places. So I'm not suggesting at all that you shouldn't have any issues, that you should have it all together. But if you are always overly needy, maybe you have no clear boundaries. Maybe your emotional IQ is really low. Maybe you are never trusting, like you're always looking for something. Or maybe you are not trustworthy. You keep doing things that are causing your spouse not to trust you. If that continues to happen with um, no end in sight, no attempts to become whole, you could be setting your relationship up for a big letdown. So yes, If you want to experience a healthy relationship, you and your spouse got to make sure that you are individually healthy. You with me? Okay. so what's the second ingredient? I believe the second ingredient would be that each person is self aware. Oh, we y'all know this is probably my favorite ingredient when I'm counseling a couple. I can normally tell right off the bat if this principle is at work in their relationship. If I ask them, okay, so tell me what's going on in your marriage. And if they can only give me a litany of things that their spouse does and they do not point out how they contribute to the chaos, I can already know that this principle is not at work. So what does this mean? Well, basically having personal or self insight means that you are able to see your stuff. Listen, all of us come into our relationship with some sort of baggage. We also come into the relationship with certain personality traits that at times could frustrate our partners or could frustrate anybody that we're in relationship for that matter. The key is to recognize your own stuff. You got to know your own issues and then you got to be sensitive to how that impacts your interactions and most importantly, how it impacts your communication. So I might as well use myself as an example again, since y'all not going to tell me your stuff. So here goes. 
particularly with my husband, are people that I'm really, really close to. I can be a debater in the midst in the midst of an argument or a disagreement. I can go in so hard on the topic and I'm like a dog with a bone. I will make sure that I keep going hard until you get my point. And a lot of times until you concede to my point. But often, especially in my marriage, that sort of determination is what I call it. I call it determination. But stubbornness is what my husband calls it. That type of stubbornness can be frustrating. It'll shut him down because it's not that he can't handle the debate because he can. But because often what he tells me is, Robin, I'm not interested in this one sided, almost bullheaded conversation. Ooh, that stepped on my toes even every time I hear that. Okay, but because I recognize this issue, because I know it, I've seen it in me, I have learned to ease up sometimes. I don't have to go so hard. I don't always have to force my point. I don't always have to win the debate. Yeah, I really hope my husband isn't listening to this because he's going to say, really, really, you don't always have to win the debate. So let me go back and say, I am learning to ease up sometimes. All right. Here's another example. I'm going to keep using my own self. I'm going to use myself again. Here's another example. Um, We all have relational needs. You can go to IBelieveInMarriage.com, click on resources, and then there's an assessment for emotional needs. If you and your spouse need some help filling that out, shoot me an email. But you can find your relational need, and I'm telling you, you need to find it. Remember, let me go off on a tangent for a minute. Self-awareness, I mean, I'm sorry, awareness, not just self-awareness. Awareness starts the process of change. You got to know you. You got to know your spouse. You got to know what's their relational need, am I, and am I even meeting it, okay? So one of my relational needs is security. And so the way that shows up in my life is I want things to go the way I plan them. That makes me feel secure. Another way you can describe this is a type A personality. So for all my type A personalities, I want to hear you say amen. I told you I can feel y'all. So let me hear you say amen. All right. So when things are out of order or my schedule is crazy, and it doesn't line up in the way I planned it. I can get really frustrated and it shows. So if I have a certain plan for my day or let's make it a bigger, let's go on a larger scale. If I have a plan for my life and my husband does something that throws my plan off, it can literally make me feel out of control. And that makes me feel vulnerable. And listen, none of us sign up for being out of control and nobody wants to be vulnerable. And so when I'm feeling out of control and vulnerable, I don't feel secure, which again is my need for security. And that can cause me to respond in ways that is not good and in ways that may frustrate my spouse. But again, as you hear me talking it out, you see that I know it. I know my stuff. I know the issues and I need to step back and process my junk before my junk eats us up. So before you shake your head at me and my issues, let me ask you this. What is your issue? What insight do you need to have about yourself that has impacted your relationship with your spouse? Maybe your thing is a constant lack of trust for anyone. And that's starting to impact your relationship. Or maybe you put expectations on people that just simply is not fair. And that's impacting your relationship. Maybe you really have a hard time apologizing. You know you're wrong, but you just won't apologize. You find a way to put it back on your spouse. Maybe you are a martyr and you play the victim role way too often. Everybody is out to get you. I don't know what your stuff is, but having insight into it is so important. It can help you sort through the murkiness that often occurs in our relationship because often the issues we think we're having as a couple 
it is an issue with the couple because remember, if I'm sick, then the relationship gets sick. But a lot of times it's really our personal or personality issues that we haven't dealt with in our own lives. I did a whole podcast on this about is your mindset messing up your marriage? Um, It's episode 10. So you may want to listen to that. All right. So if you want to experience a healthy relationship with your significant other, make sure that you are aware of your stuff. And here's the key, because I taught this principle for a long time and I left this part out of way back when I initially started teaching it. And it's so important. You got to know your stuff, but you got to be willing to do something about it. It's frustrating to say, yeah, I know that I am um, extra needy, but oh, well, that's just who I am. Or it's frustrating for you to say, I mean, I know that um, I can be a little shysty sometimes. I mean, but it is what it is. I know I can be rude. I say what's on the top of my mind without thinking about it. But oh, well. No, you got to know your stuff and be willing to do something about it. All right. So let's move on to the third ingredient. It's what I call intentional humility. Now, y'all know I've talked about this idea of unintentional neglect. That's something totally different. This is intentional humility. Now, I know this may seem odd when talking about a healthy relationship. Most of the time when we hear or think about humility, it's referring to our relationship with God. But having humility is critical to having a really strong relationship. I read a quote one time that says humility is pride in God. I loved that. Humility is a characteristic that allows us to not become caught up in ourselves, but to recognize that God really is the source of our strength. So How does humility play a role in our relationships? Well, many times our relationship challenges are made worse by our inability or our unwillingness to simply swallow our pride. We often get so tied into our wants and needs that we forget that our partner's wants and needs are just as valid as ours. So we have to be intentional about swallowing our pride, y'all, and that's not always easy. But easy or not, it's really important. And our relationship should be based on a give and take, giving and receiving, sowing and reaping. And periodically, that means you got to step back and allow your partner to take precedence. And that could be humbling. Think about times that you and your spouse have had an intense disagreement. Is that just me and my husband? You don't even have to say it because I know it's not just me and my husband. (laughs) So let's think about the last time y'all had an intense disagreement. How did you handle this issue? Are you the one that normally apologizes for your role in the disagreement? Are you the one who works to bring resolution, even if you really don't think you were wrong? Do you intentionally think about how a compromise could have been made? If you are, if you're the one who does that, listen, you are on the right track towards humility. But for the rest of us, (laughs) for the rest of us, it may take a great act of being intentional to admit when you're wrong. Let's not talk about the times when I think my husband is the wrong, is in the wrong job. It takes an act of God and maybe an act of Congress to get me to apologize for my part because I'm like, no, 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 you were wrong. But as God continues to work on me with the character trait of humility, I recognize the power that comes from that. Now, one of the things I have to learn, y'all, is not to announce that I'm being humble. Hello. Hello, husband. I'm, I'm being humble right now. So I need you. Yeah, you can't do that. That, that negates the whole thing. <laughs> All right, y'all. So y'all going to be talking about me after this episode, but I don't care. Listen, there is a life principle that I really try to follow in my life. And I think it might help you. The principle is, are you willing to sacrifice what you want right now for what you want the most? Does that impact you like it does me? Are you willing to sacrifice what you want right now for what you want the most? When it comes to your relationship, I want you to think about what you want the most. 
I'm sure you want to have a relationship that is fulfilling, that's respectful, that's supportive, that's unconditional love, that is really um, inspiring and one that honors God. And maybe that doesn't summarize what you want. That's okay. You can create your own list. But the bottom line is that if you want that the most, whatever your list is, you got to identify what is it that you want the most. You may have to sacrifice what you want right now. What you want right now is to be right in that last disagreement you had. What you want right now is to have your way at any cost. What you want right now is to lash out at your partner who just upset you so that they can know what's really going on. That's maybe what you want right now. But what is it that you want the most? And to get what you want the most may require that you handle it a little bit differently. It may require that you eat a little bit of humble pie, but in the long run, it'll be so worth it. So if you want to experience a healthy marriage with your spouse, you got to practice intentional humility. All right, guys, let's, let's keep rocking. Here's the fourth ingredient. The fourth ingredient is a unified vision. Listen, um, when a contractor prepares to build a house, the first thing the contract contractor does is to create a blueprint of the idea. In other words, he or she develops a plan for the home before they start any construction of the home. Y'all, this is a valuable lesson to all of us as we build the structure of our relationship. We also need to have a blueprint. We need to have a plan. We need to have a vision. What would happen if two contractors were working on the construction of the same home, but they were using two different blueprints? Can you imagine how that home would turn out? It's the same way for us. Many of us aren't working from the same blueprint as our spouse. Couples that are dating seriously or that are engaged can also end up in this dilemma. Let's say they are engaged and or not even engaged. Just say they are seriously dating and one person is working from a blueprint that has a predetermined date from when the dating moves to marriage. But the other person doesn't even have marriage on the blueprint at all. They're working from two different blueprints or maybe they are engaged. They're going to get married. But one person's blueprint has children within one year of saying I do. And the other person's blueprint says that, no, we'll just enjoy one another over the next five years with no children. They are working from two different blueprints. Of course, it can happen to us married folks, too. One person's blueprint has that they are saving up for a new car or maybe just saving up for a rainy day. And the other person's blueprint has, no, you should just live it up while you still can. They are working from two different blueprints. Or maybe one spouse's blueprint may indicate a move out of state. And the other person's blueprint is all about staying near their family. They're working from two different blueprints. When you're working from two different blueprints, you cannot build a unified relationship. If you're going to have a healthy relationship with your partner, you got to ensure that you're working from a unified vision. We understand that the purpose of our relationship is well. we have to know what is the purpose of our relationship. Okay, you got to know how your union brings you closer to one another and how it helps you to do what God intended for you to do as a couple. Having a unified vision does not mean that you and your partner have to have the exact same life goals or the exact same aspirations, 
but it does mean that you are on one accord um, and it lets you make sure that your personal dreams are congruent with the ultimate goals of the relationship. So remember, I told you about our freebie for this episode It is the strategic planning guide. You can go to IBelieveInMarriage.com slash episode 18. And that guide helps you build a blueprint for your relationship. Y'all, it is a must have. Okay. Again, if you want to build a house, you got to work from the same blueprint. And that's the same thing when building a strong relationship. You got to make sure that you and your partner are working from the same blueprint and that you have a unified vision. All right, guys, we only have two more. Here is number five. It is important that a couple has strong or is clear on their personal boundaries. Y'all, we all have boundaries. Think about the last time somebody was flirting with your boo. (laughs) Or think about the last time somebody took something off of your desk without asking for it. Or maybe somebody asked you at work how much you get paid. You probably felt some kind of way and it took all of your home training to not go there. What happened is that that person crossed your boundaries. So some boundaries y'all are universal. So I think a universal boundary would be that you shouldn't harm children. I think anywhere you go, that can be a boundary that the majority of us agree on. That's an universal boundary. Then there are other boundaries that may be specific to a certain culture. Maybe greeting someone with a kiss is specific to a certain culture. Um, You guys remember when there was a video circulating about President Obama, he um, was at a uh, event and as he was going through shaking everybody's hand, he came to an African-American man and he dapped him up. He didn't just shake his hand, he dapped him up. That was like a cultural response. And so somebody else in another Another culture might feel like, oh, no, you're supposed to greet one another with a kiss. Another boundary can be maybe your own personal preference. So, for example, your boundary might be with your friendships. Listen, if somebody's calling me after 10 o'clock, that's a problem because that's crossing your boundaries. Y'all, there are so many different types of boundaries, including emotional boundaries, physical, spiritual. Then you have loose boundaries versus rigid boundaries. I could go on and on with this, but there's not enough time to really go deep. So I want to make sure. I tell you how boundaries impact your relationship. Um, It's really important in your marriage that you're able to walk that very thin line of being um, your who you are called to be being that independent person while still developing a healthy interdependence with others. You get that? So there's this independence and in a healthy interdependence. And that's a line you have to be able to walk the quick and dirty when it comes to why boundaries are important in a relationship is this. If you want to have a healthy relationship, you have to know kind of where you start and where your partner ends. Now, I know my marriage folks are cringing because, you know, I get it. When we said I do, we became one. But we often mistake that to mean that you are no longer a wonderfully unique person. And God wants you to still be the you that he created you to be. When he talks about us being one, that doesn't mean he wants you to morph into who your partner is. He wants you to still be the you that he created you to be. Being one does not mean that you have to have the same interest, spend all your time together and never think about yourself. That mindset actually leads to a very unhealthy attachment. And actually, it can make you uh, create your spouse as an idol, like your spouse becomes uh, bigger than maybe they should be. And that definitely creates poor boundaries. And we know God don't play that. He don't want nobody to be bigger than him. 
Now, let me say something to my single folks, because like I said, I know I have some single people who listen to the podcast and you aren't off scotch free with this conversation. Folks who are dating often set poor boundaries from the get go. Poor boundaries in dating could be spending all your free time with someone and neglecting other relationships or neglecting uh, personal interest. Another way boundaries uh, could be poor in dating is you give someone access to your family and friends after knowing them only for a short time. Or maybe um, you give them access to your money, to your car, to your home at inappropriate stages of the relationships. All right. Boundary setting allows you to be clear on what is important to you. It makes you feel um, um, it lets you know what makes you feel uncomfortable. It also lets you know what is appropriate in your interactions. And y'all, as odd as it may seem, boundaries actually make you and your spouse closer and more connected. Y'all, I could go on and on with this, but what I would love for you to do is get this book. It's called Boundaries in Marriage. It's one of my favorite books. It'll really help you. But if you want to experience a healthy relationship, trust me, you got to be clear on your own personal boundaries. um, And that will free your relationship from unnecessary pressure. Now, I have to say this just in case um, any of my, I know none of my, I believe in marriage community would go here. I know that's none of y'all. So this is not for you to tell it to your neighbor. Isn't that what the preachers say? (laughs) But seriously, this idea of personal boundaries can be abused if one or both of you are trying to find ways to not be accountable in your marriage. If you do not want to be accountable, you don't want to be married. Can I give that to you again? If you don't want to be accountable, you don't want to be married. Accountability and marriage are married. (laughs) They go hand in hand. So Personal boundaries is not about you living reckless. It is about respecting one another in a way that allows you and your spouse to be your unique self within the marriage. And then that allows you to create a bond and a team that's unstoppable because you are being you. Your spouse is being him or her and y'all are growing together. You with me? All right, y'all. Here is the last one when it comes to often overlooked ingredients for a healthy relationship. You got to find a marriage coach. Listen, y'all, we all need coaches. Seriously, anyone who is serious about succeeding in any area of their life, they need a coach. I was going to give you a sports analogy. I was going to give you a specific person, though. But then I started thinking about my husband. and He tells me to stay away from sports analogies. So I'm going to compromise. I'm not going to give you a specific person because I was going to ask you who is the number one football player in the NFL. But the person who I had in mind, they might be retired. So I probably need to stay away from that. But listen, I want you to think of your favorite football player. Now, I want you to imagine that person going out on the field at the next game and refusing to pay attention to his coach. That would be unacceptable. And if he kept that up, he probably would be out of a job soon. No matter how well he knows the game of football, he still needs a coach. That's the same thing when it comes to relationships. You can say that you know the game, but even the best player needs a coach. If you want to build a healthy relationship, identifying someone who can help you navigate through the terrains of your relationship will make the roads you travel so much more enjoyable. Now I hear people say, Robin, I don't want folks in my business or what works in their house doesn't work in mine. Y'all, I get it. Well, I don't agree with it, but I definitely get why you could feel that way. But remember, even the Bible tells us there is safety in a multitude of counsel. 
Now, it's wise to limit who you give access to to your life and your relationship, but it is tragic to close yourself off from any assistance. And listen, while the specifics of what works in one person's relationship may not work in yours, the principles of a healthy relationship really do transcend. So there are certain principles that work if you work them, but you got to know them first to be able to work them. If you want to experience a healthy relationship with your spouse, you got to find someone who can help you identify your goals, who can help you create your vision, who can hold you accountable to reaching those goals. All right. So speaking of a coach, you know, I got to throw this out here. I would love for you to take some time to check out the couplesconnection.com. It is there that I can coach you and your spouse, along with some other people who are really committed to people having healthy relationships. And we dive in and we give you some some um, some tools to really help you. It's all right there laid out for you. So check out the couples connection. All right. All right, y'all, that's it. Let me recap here. Are the often overlooked ingredients to forever after each person should focus on being a whole person. Each person should be self-aware. Each person should be intentionally humble. The couple should have a unified vision. You should have healthy boundaries. And lastly, you want to find you a marriage coach. All right, guys, that's it. Remember to go to ibelieveinmarriage.com slash episode 18 to download your freebie. Don't forget to shoot me an email at contact at ibelieveinmarriage.com to let me know what your greatest takeaway was. Until our next time together, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Well, that's it for this session. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Listen, a lot of times during these episodes, I know that you may need some further support or you want to dive a little bit deeper on what it takes to really create a marriage that God intended just for you and your spouse. Well, I would love for you to consider joining me in the Couples Connection community. The Couples Connection is a virtual place for you and your spouse to pause long enough to prioritize your marriage. I believe the Couples Connection is just the thing that you need to have ongoing resources to help you and your spouse. You can check it out by visiting www.pauseandconnect.com. That's pauseandconnect.com. I hope to see you over in the Couples Connection.